the silent killer that is wreaking havoc on our society today is shame. And what we're doing today is we are going to expose to the light that is Jesus Christ. We're going to expose the fact that silence and secrecy and judgment continues to fuel your shame. And so today, get ready to encounter the light that is Jesus Christ that is going to destroy the spirit of shame. Amen, church. You guys can have a seat. And I just feel led right now with every head bowed and every eye closed before we even go a minute further in this time this morning in God's presence. I just feel led just every head bowed and every eye closed. In God's presence here this morning, can you just be honest with yourself? I don't need to see a show of hands. I don't need you to stand up. I don't need you to come forward. But I just want you to be honest with yourself. Maybe some of you for the very first time in your life. Right now in the name of Jesus, shame. You have no place in this building Shame, you are a spirit that has already been defeated by Jesus Christ. You have no place in anyone's life in this building. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. See, here's the thing. There's something that I know is that when you step into the presence of God Almighty, when you step into his very real presence that's in this place that didn't just show up because we sang some emotional songs, but he showed up into this place because there's a lot of hungry people that are desperate for God's presence. So he, he, he's been in this place and it's not because we just turn the lights on or because we have some kind of emotional experience. God is in this place because some very desperate and hungry people have come here knowing that he is the only hope that they have. Because in his presence, it's in his presence, it's not in his church, it's not in the presence of some preacher, but it's in the presence of God that your true self-worth is exposed You see, you get into his presence and not only do you realize how powerful he is and how good he is, as we just sang, but you start to understand just how valuable you are. You understand how worthy you are to be in his presence. And so welcome, not to church, but welcome to the presence of God Almighty. Will you please just listen to whatever he says to you this morning? Don't be afraid of getting into his presence. Don't be afraid that you may have something deep and dark hidden that is going to be exposed. Can I tell you, that would be the greatest thing that could happen to your life today. Do not be afraid of his presence. There's a man, he's famous all throughout the New Testament. If you've been to church any, you know the story of Peter. 
If you've not been to church any, you've probably at least heard some of his stories. There's a, a man by the name of Peter. He's famous for doing the walking on the water. He's famous for cutting a guy's ear off. He's famous for, in one sentence, Jesus calling him the rock. And in the very next sentence, Jesus called him Satan. Peter is the one that denied Jesus three times, but Jesus is also the one who the Holy Spirit filled and did amazing things throughout the rest of his life. That's the Peter that I'm getting ready to tell you about. You got to understand something about Peter. The very first time that Peter got into the presence and to the power of Jesus Christ, guys, things did not go as planned. There are some of you today and you're getting into the presence and the power of God. And this may be the very first time for you. Listen, do not freak out if things do not go well. Do not get upset if things don't go as planned. Guys, I don't know about you, but in this new culture that God is allowing us to be in, things never go as planned. And I'm okay with that. But I'm here in the book of Luke today just for a few minutes with you. In Luke chapter 5, I want to show you what happened the very first time that Peter got into the presence of Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you something, shame has something to do with what happened in Peter's life. In Luke chapter 5, in just one verse, and it's the eighth verse, this guy's name is Simon Peter. It says in Luke 5, 8, but when Simon Peter saw it, now listen, you have to go back and read this on your own because I know Sunday morning is not the only time you break out your Bible, all right? I know that you are going to go home and you're going to read what happened before and after this very one verse that I'm reading you today. He said, when Simon Peter saw it, he's talking about this miraculous catch of fish. It says that he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Now what you got to understand, Peter's really saying here, he's saying, Jesus, I am not worthy of being in your presence. Jesus, if you really knew who I was, there's no way that you would be standing this close to me. Jesus, if you would have seen what I did last night, there is no way that you would allow me to be in the same city that you are in. You see, what happens here is shame is kicked in into Peter's life. And it's the same shame that is kicking into so many people's lives, maybe even in this very building today. I don't care if you've professed Jesus Christ as your Savior for 40 years. There is still times in your Christian walk that shame determines what you're getting ready to do next. And I just want to say right now, if you're listening to the source of shame, if you're actually believing the things that are being said in your head right now that are producing you to be a person of shame, I have to ask you to please consider the source. Guys, you have to understand that the father of lies, and that's just a real churchy term for Satan. You've got to understand that it is Satan who is telling you all of these things that is cultivating shame in your life. And I am so tired of seeing Christ followers I'm tired of seeing Christ's followers believing the lies that is producing shame in their life. There are some of you right here at this very moment that are battling the fact that you're sitting in a church of God, that you're sitting in a Christian church, 
because you've been believing all of the lies that are producing shame in your life. Can I tell you that our culture today is being led by someone who has already lost? Come on. Our culture that many of us in this very room are sucked into today and following is being led by someone who has already been defeated. Now, let me just tell you, I know that I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Some of you guys are very brilliant. But why in the world would we be sucked into a culture that is being led by someone who is a loser? Who wants to follow a loser in this place? Raise your hand. Not a one. But that's what we are involved in. Shame is being cultivated and we're believing the lies of the loser and we're following the culture that he has set before us. I want to just tell you in Peter's story here in Luke chapter 5 verse 8. Let me tell you what shame almost did to Peter. Shame tried to persuade Peter to missing out It tried to talk Peter into missing out on a life-altering experience with Jesus Christ. And there are many of us in this very room, I'm not even talking about the people who are not in church today. I'm talking about some of us in this room because this message has been given for us specifically. I don't have any say or really any control on what is taking place outside here. But today you've come here to be filled with God, his presence, and to hear a word that may just change your life. I wonder how many opportunities shame has caused you to miss out on. I wonder how many experiences and motions and movements of Jesus Christ your shame has allowed you to miss out on. And I don't want you missing out on them anymore. Today, in the name of Jesus, it stops for every single person in this room right here. There's some of you in this room that are hopeless. There are some of you in this room, and I'm just being very honest, that you want to end your life. You think that ending your life, suicide, would cause you to be in a better place than where you are this very second. Some of you in this place are hurting yourself because you believe the lies and the shame. Some of you just wish that your life would stop existing so you would not have to deal with tomorrow. And I just want to tell you something. I just need you to open yourself up and receive the fact that there's hope for tomorrow. And this isn't some preacher's sermon kind of stuff. This is straight up. God has told us that there is an epidemic and it is killing our people. Peter, if he would have listened to the voice of shame, he would have missed out on a life-altering experience that day with Jesus Christ. I don't want you, any of you, Missing out on one ounce of what Jesus has for you. I'm so thankful, and I don't have time here this morning. I don't have time here this morning to go into all. Listen, I just trust the Holy Spirit to speak to you 
way after you leave this building because we don't trap his presence here. I don't have time this morning to break down all the things that Jesus did with Peter. I I, I don't have time. But what I do know is that Jesus did not immediately, when Peter went to his knees and said, Jesus, I don't deserve to be in your presence, when shame started to rear its ugly head, Jesus did not even say to Peter, get up, Peter. He didn't even say that. I want you to notice, look in here, please read this, that Jesus did not start pointing out Peter's faults. He didn't say, yeah, well, Peter, you know what? I saw you with her last night on the fishing boat when the boats are rocking, don't come a knocking kind of thing. All right, good. I wonder if you guys were with me because there for a second, I didn't know. I had to get that in. Listen, power of editing. I saw what you did last night, Peter. Listen, can I just say some of you know right now, he needs to be saying the same thing to you whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. He knows what you did last night. And he's not pointing that out to you. He is not bringing that to the forefront of your mind. He didn't say, Peter, yeah, I saw all that. Like, I even see into your future, and I know what your mind is thinking. Peter, you know what? You're right. You don't even deserve to be in my presence. That's not what he did. And here's why. It's because Jesus saw way in to Peter's existence. He saw way beyond Peter's yesterday. He even saw beyond Peter's today. And you need to understand that he sees way beyond your yesterday. Do you believe that? He sees beyond even your today. He sees you as God sees you eternal. He sees you as he longs for you to be. He sees you walking around today with the trophy in hand. He sees you as the victor. And it's not because you cleaned up your act. It's not because you came to church and memorized a bunch of scripture. It's not because you did a lot of good things for this many days in a row. The only way that God sees you holding the trophy as the victor is because of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus saw past Peter's today, and here's what Jesus saw. You ready for this? As Peter was there at Jesus' knees saying, Jesus, go away from me. I'm not even worthy of being in your presence. Do you know what Jesus saw? Jesus saw the cross. The cross is coming. Jesus saw the cross. He knew that everything that Peter was wanting to do and even thinking about doing was going to be covered at the cross. He knew that that Peter was going to be the man who was going to deliver messages where thousands upon thousands of people were going to come to know Jesus. Jesus saw that the cross was coming. And listen, Even beyond that. You mean there's something beyond the cross? Absolutely. You see, Jesus saw even beyond the cross. Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit was coming. Can I get an amen? I mean, guys, that's all I got. That's all I got. Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit was coming. He knew that he was going to be filling Peter. He knew the Holy Spirit was coming. And let me just tell you something, church. When the Holy Spirit comes on the scene, the game is changed forever. Come on, church. And Jesus saw that. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you, I've been praying for some spiritual eyes and I see it. I see the hunger on some of your faces right here and now. I'm getting to see you as God sees you. There are some hungry people in this room, but you've got to step up. And you've got to say, I'm determined that I am not going to listen to the voice of shame because the voice of shame that you're going to believe will always have you on your knees saying, God, get out of my presence. You don't deserve to even be in the same space that I am. And so let me ask you something. I don't care if you're a follower of Jesus yet or you've been a Christian all your life. You can't change the world from this position right here. Hey, I'll just take the ones that are clapping and we'll go change the world. I don't need 300, 500. I don't need, I need one person who's willing to just go and do whatever the Holy Spirit asks him to do and we'll go change the world. Who's ready? Okay. Hey, I, listen, it, Jesus had 12. We'll go change the world because that Bible right there that I read says that we're going to do more than Jesus did. Do you understand something? I know we're running out of time, but I just got to go here. Do you understand that if we were desperate and hungry as a country, we wouldn't be worried about the election that's coming up? I promise you we wouldn't. We wouldn't be worried about what our government's doing. We wouldn't be worrying about what other cultures are doing. We would not be worried about what's going on. The only thing that we would be worried about is that our neighbor is not going to go to heaven because they don't know Jesus. That's the only thing that we'd be worried about. We wouldn't be here anymore. We'd be canceling Sunday morning services and we would be in somebody's house leading hundreds of people to Jesus. That is what I want you to be hungry for, church. And that's all I've got. That's all I'm asking. Is I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of just going through the motions and seeing my friends and my loved ones and my neighbors and my brothers and my sisters starving to death and blaming God for it. Listen, if you continue to listen to shame, you're going to be on your knees and you can't do anything. I have a good friend of mine that's working me out right now, and he about killed me a couple days ago. And he said this, and I was laid out. I mean, I did like three push-ups, and then I was laid out. And, and he said, I was just laid out, and the fan was blowing on me, and it felt good. I actually fell asleep. I mean, listen, give me a break. It's at 5.30 in the morning. I'm laid out. And he says, get up. He said, die on your feet, not your back. That'll preach. Hey, Christians, it's time to get up off your knees It's time to stand up and go change the world because the Holy Spirit is filling you. But listen, listen, that's the the hype. that That is the hype message, okay? Now let me come back down here because I know that there's some of you that are on your knees and you need help getting up. Somebody in this place just needs to know that they're loved. And I have intercessors, and we've been praying the roof off this building already. I can just tell you something. Guys, listen, I just saw the person that we're praying about. I just saw the person, I just saw the person that we've been praying about that needs to know that they are loved by God. And they're in this room. We'll deal with that later. There's some of you that just need some help because shame is about to take your life. You're believing all the lies that the enemy is telling you. And here's what I need you to know. And there's just a couple of scriptures There's some powerful scriptures, and I just need to read to it. So if you want to turn to Psalm 100, I love hearing you turn in your Bible. Psalm 100. I I just need you to look at this. 
for those who are struggling and you're on your knees and you feel like you're all alone, you've been abandoned, you're not worth anything. Listen, did you see the screen in the awkward silence? You are worth pursuing. You are worth pursuing. And today you're getting help. You're coming up to your feet and we're going to go into this battle together because you're going to run into someone who is full of shame tomorrow and you're going to recognize the symptoms because you've been walking in it and you, not the preacher, you through the power of the Holy Spirit are going to help them to their feet. Amen? Are you ready? Here's the deal. I want those of you who are on your knees just to tune in and it's in Psalm 100 and it's in Psalm 100 and it's the third verse and it says this. It says, He is God. It is He, God, who made us. I want that to be personal right now. It is God who made you. It is God who made you and he loves you. He loves you and he says that you are his. Listen, the world, the lie that some of you, even the youngest ones in this room are believing is that you're a mistake, that you just happened. Can I just tell you something about mistakes? I'll be the first to tell you, I have made many mistakes, but this guy right here is not a mistake. Listen, I want you to hear me. You're not a mistake. Do you understand that? Listen, you've made mistakes. Some of you have made some good mistakes. You are a mistake. You're not a mistake. You've made mistakes. Do you hear me? There's a huge difference. Some of you are on your knees right now, believing the lies of shame because you just made a mistake. But you believe that that is what is defining the rest of your life. No. Listen, it's okay. We've made mistakes. Remember, Jesus saw Peter. He had made mistakes. Jesus didn't see Peter as he currently was. He saw him through the eyes of the cross. And he knew that that mistake, let's go ahead and call it, because we need to in the church. We don't need to sugarcoat it. We need to just be honest. He was full of sin. And Jesus was able to look upon him through the lenses of the cross and sin did not scare Jesus. See, what Jesus was actually doing with Peter and he's doing it with you this very second is he is telling you that he is more powerful, the cross is more powerful, and the Holy Spirit is more powerful than your sin. So let us focus on the power of the cross and the power that is the person of the Holy Spirit and stop focusing on the fact that we did make a mistake, that we did sin, but we've got to thank God for Jesus Christ and the cross and we've got to get off our feet and we've got to go do something. We've got to go do something. There are some of you in here today and you are just rampant with sin and you think that you've disqualified yourself, that you've been sinning as a profession. What you need to understand is that Jesus, the cross, and the Holy Spirit is more powerful than your sin. He he is. So what do I do? Here's what you do. You repent. (laughs) Jesus, I am so sorry. I'm a sinner. I've been sinning like a professional. I have been writing books about how to sin. I have been leading people in my home how to sin. I have been teaching people at my workspace how to sin. And here's what happens. That sin feels good for a little bit, but what happens is it comes full circle and it causes you to feel shame. Listen, I've sinned, I know. Here's what happens if sin continues to go unconfessed is it drives you to your knees 
And then when you come into a place like this, you get into the presence of God and you feel like you are not worthy. And so what you do, even though you brought your kids and your wife to church, you just put up that, that wall and you say, God, just, just talk to my children and my wife. I'm not worthy. And what you're doing is you're believing the lie that the source is a loser. Why in the world would you believe anything a loser would tell you? See, you repent. Hey, hey, Jesus, I'm not worthy, but thank you for the cross. And you see, thank God that he sees way beyond your present day. You see, he saw past Peter's day. He saw him as he is, not as he was acting. So some of you right now, you just came to one knee. I need to get you both. I need you both feet. Shame, you have no place in this place. You have no place in this room. I just need right now just to head, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a second. Right now, if you know that you are on your knees and you are full of shame and it has been lying to you and you feel defeated and you need victory today that you're desperate, you've been hurting yourself, you don't even think positive thoughts, you've listened to the lies. If that's you right now, in the name of Jesus right now, would you just raise your hand? Scott, that's me. I need shame defeated. Thank you, thank you. Come on. Who else? Yep. Come on, all over the place. Listen, you can raise your head. That was just a private moment. Here's what I need you to understand. Look at me, every person, everybody, everybody. Listen, but I saw your hands. Listen, I just need you to know something. You are loved. You got to receive that. I, I, I don't care. I don't care what the culture is telling you. You are loved. If you're loved by me, you cannot imagine how much you are loved by God. You are loved. And just receive it. Like, just receive it. I was in the basement of a pretty little rough situation last Sunday afternoon. And I was in the basement and, and there, was, there was just some very rough individuals. They weren't scary, but they, had, they were just rough and they were up to no good. And they were bigger than I was, but I had Pastor Brent and Bradley and David with me. And, and I just knew that the Holy Spirit was saying to me, this young man, he just needs to be loved. And so I just sat beside of him and I just said, hey man. I said, when's the last time someone told you that they loved you? And it was like I knocked him off of his feet. And he said, I don't know. And I said, Quan, I said, you look at me in the face right now. And I told you, I said, Quan, I love you. And so every single one of you who just admitted that shame has you on your knees, listen, in the name of Jesus, don't receive my love. You receive the Father's love in this place today. Amen? Receive it. There's a passage of scripture from Isaiah, and this is, this is intense. I, Isaiah is a very intense passage. Listen to this. It comes from Isaiah chapter 49. I know this, this, this is going to hit some people strong, but listen to Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15. It says this, can a woman forget her nursing child? Sounds like a no-brainer. Absolutely not. Can a woman forget her nursing child? No, there's too much love there for him to be forgotten. 
Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Absolutely not. Listen to what God says. And he's talking about his children, especially the children of Israel. But we are his children today. He said, even these may forget. Listen, for those of you who just raised your hand, listen to these next words. He said this. Yet I will not forget you. Some of your shame has driven you to being by yourself and you feel all alone and you feel unworthy. Even in those moments that you have allowed shame to drive you to places that you do not want to be, he has not forgotten you. So, Scott, what do I do? You're probably not going to like the answer because it's just too simple. Scott, how do I get to my feet? How do I have the boldness that you're displaying? How do I have the courage to go and do? How do I, how do I overcome this? And the answer is going to be so simple. As you just become hungry for God's presence. God, how do I become hungry for God's presence? You ready? Because I've just gone through this journey over about the last two months. I got to a weird place in my manhood, I thought, where I was longing to be intimate with the Father. I, that even sounds weird coming. I mean, us menly men are like, oh, no, I'll be intimate with my wife. No. It's been so crazy that I've been wanting to be intimate with the Father and I've been searching and I have found out that God hears my voice and when I say, hey God, I want to be intimate with you, he starts to reveal things to me personally that match my personality. And so it's not a cookie cutter, it's not a one, two, three, it's not a formula. You just must get desperate for intimacy with the Father. And here's how you start. I told you it was easy. You just ask him, God, what must I do to be intimate and hungry for you? You have to ask him. I can't ask that for you. I was backstage. I heard Pastor Andy talking about our Tuesday night prayer meetings and our staff meetings that we pray every morning. And it sounded like that he invited every single one of you out. So I'll see you guys, I guess, tomorrow morning at nine. But I heard him talk about Tuesday night. And let me just tell you something. Tuesday night is a very special night in the life of Hope City. I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle happen on Tuesday nights in this place. I have seen people set free. I have seen the Holy Spirit baptize people. I have seen things that I cannot even describe with my mouth. A couple of Tuesday nights ago, one of my dear friends ran head first, I mean head on into the presence of God. Her life was changed forever. And so I don't want you to believe me, 
But I want you to watch what we've captured. And I want you to believe my good friend who just happens to be a very ordinary but very special young lady. I want you to watch what happened to her life when she got hungry and she longed for intimacy with the Father. I will tell you, when those two things happen in your life, shame has no chance of entering into your life. Take a look at this video. I've been wanting to come to prayer for a, for a while now. As I was praying, getting ready, I, I heard him say, um, you're hungry and you want to be filled. So one of the intercessors that were there that night um, put his, his, arm, his hand on my shoulder while we were giving praises to God. And um, he said that they were going to pray over me that... Um, and so as soon as he said that to me, I knew that it was going to be good. And when they started praying over me, um, one of the intercessors gave this, shared this vision that God had given him of me or for my life. The vision was that um, he saw me ministering to women in their 50s and 60s and 70s, um, Hispanic women, um, because God gifted me with the ability to speak Spanish, and um, He wants to use that. And so He saw me uh, ministering to them and um, teaching them also how to speak English, and and that was just so so good to hear because I've been hungry for so long and in so many, hungry in so many ways, and one of the ways, you know, I want to know His will for my life personally, and so I felt when that vision was being cast, I felt like that's what I've been so hungry to hear. It was just so good. I felt so, so filled. I felt um, overwhelmed and wrecked in a really good way. It felt like, um, like an ocean, and it felt like, um, just waves, just his waves of love just crashing over me. And one of the intercessors there said he felt um, a baptism of fire. And, you know, when he, they laid hands on me and um, started praying for some, there were so many failings. There was physical failings and emotional failings and, um, I just felt his presence like I've never felt it before. I've been going to church for a long time now, but the Holy Spirit is not someone that I had heard a lot of preaching on. It wasn't something necessarily that I was really aware of. You know, I wasn't really aware of his presence and how powerful he really is, um, or really even how to plug into him. And I felt for the first time in my life, I felt the, like the true joy that you can only get through Him. It's just so easy just to be me and know that He just, He accepted me for who I am. He loves me. Um, just everything, the way I look at everything, the way I look at people, the way I think, I'm so much more aware. I sort of feel like after experiencing that, I feel like I've been missing out. 
I've been missing out not having him and allowing him to feel me and work through me. There was nothing weird about it. There was nothing scary about it. I just embrace it, embrace him. He is our friend and Jesus even calls him our helper. And that's exactly what he is. He is our helper and he loves us. And the way he speaks to us, nothing in this world can offer that to us. Nothing in this world can fill us the way he can. So I just say embrace it.